What if everything you believed about love was wrong? You're listening to Psychology in 10 Minutes. I'm David B. Feldman. One of my favorite songs from the 1980s is Foreigner's I Want to Know What Love Is. As an adolescent at the time that the song debuted, I too wanted to know what love was. Now, many years later, I'd like to think I've figured it out. But according to social psychologist Barbara Fredrickson, perhaps I haven't. In fact, Fredrickson thinks most of us hold mistaken, or at least overly narrow, views of what love is. In her book, Love 2.0, Fredrickson argues against numerous commonly held ideas about love. Love isn't passion, she writes. It isn't commitment. It isn't family connection. It isn't even romance. These experiences can accompany love, but they aren't exactly love itself. Instead, she argues that love, at its true core, is a moment-to-moment emotional experience of warmth and mutual caring. Real love is something Fredrickson calls shared positivity. This occurs anytime two people connect over a shared positive feeling. Such a moment can and frequently does occur between romantic partners, family members, and close friends. But it can also occur between complete strangers. That warm interaction you had with the gas station attendant when you found out that, like you, he is obsessed with cats, may have been just such a moment of love. When we experience a moment like that, we sync up with the other person, something Fredrickson refers to as positivity resonance. People may mirror each other's postures, nod along with each other, make eye contact, or smile. This synchrony can also be reflected in the brain. In one study, researchers observed how brains synchronize when someone tells an engaging story. They recorded a person telling an entertaining, real-life story while their brain was being scanned using functional near-infrared spectroscopy, or FNIRS for short, a technique researchers can use to get a live picture of the brain. They later played this story for other participants whose brains also were being monitored using the same technique. They found that the activity in the listener's brain was correlated with the storyteller's brain activity. This brain coupling occurred in a variety of brain areas involved in language comprehension as well as in discerning social information like the beliefs, desires, and goals of others. Two other biological mechanisms might also play a role in love, as Fredrickson defines it. First, the hormone oxytocin is often released into the body during positive social interactions, and its presence appears to result in increased trust, something that could contribute to positivity resonance. Researchers have investigated how oxytocin affects trust by asking people to inhale it as a nasal spray. After they've been administered the oxytocin, they're asked to engage in a game where greater points can be obtained only if they trust another player. Studies have found a statistically significant advantage in such games for those who have been administered the oxytocin relative to those who haven't. Finally, the vagus nerve might also play a role in love. This long nerve extends from the brain to many parts of the body, including the heart, lungs, and digestive tract. 
The functioning of the vagus nerve, something sometimes referred to as vagal tone, can be measured in various ways, including through a certain kind of coordination between one's breathing and heart rate. Vagal tone is thought to play a role in emotion regulation, and people who are better able to regulate their emotions tend to act more kindly and altruistically toward others. Thus, they may be prone to the shared positivity Fredrickson refers to. A reasonable critique of Fredrickson's view is that she defines love differently than what most of us mean when we say the words, I love you. It may seem strange to think of love as a fleeting, moment-to-moment experience, or to consider that we can share that experience with an absolute stranger. But at a time in history when people seem to be feeling more and more alienated from one another, it's encouraging to think that love can be fostered not just between romantic partners, family members, or friends, but between anyone with whom we share a positive moment. And that was Psychology in 10 Minutes. If you're enjoying the show, we would appreciate you giving us a positive review on iTunes or in your favorite podcasting app. Two minutes of your time really helps other listeners to find the show. We really appreciate it. And as always, thanks for listening.